Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just because we're magic doesn't mean we're not real. Real, real, real. What's up, everyone? Thank you for joining us for another episode of Ball Girl Magic. So I'm going to ask you to stay flexible because that's what we're doing right now. This is Roz Gold on Wood A. I'm here. We got our guest, Jamel Hill is here. What's up, Jamel? Hey, what's going on? I feel like I should have had, like, smoke. Right. Or, like, I should have tore off the warm-ups with that <laughs> intro. Know, oh, you know, I and, and I know sports. I could have done better for you. Hold on. And introducing... <laughs> Like the Bulls, uh, right, like back right, in the day. Right, right. And uh, now, and now, Detroit's <laughs> finest, rocking the microbraids with a leather jacket, coming representing, well, representing Michigan State, of course. Detroit. What yeah. else? You what? Are you, what else? You represent? Uh, oh, the undefeated. The undefeated. ESPN. ESPN. Like all those things. So black girl magic. Black girl magic. Ball girl magic. The Ball one, the magic. only. <laughs> we have He's Jamel silly. Hill here. Yeah, I appreciate that. And Yvonne Orgy's on the way. So we're all here in L.A. It's wild. Every one of us have crazy schedules right now. All-Star Weekend is happening. We're all in the mix of it. And traffic is nuts. Jamel just got Ooh. here. I'm here. I have 15, 20 minutes before I got to go to my next event. And then Yvonne's going to come in at some point. So just stay flexy with us um, because we're going to just have some fun and, and, and catch up. So let's dive right into it, Jamel, because you and I are – are here and I think the most exciting thing right now first of all congratulations is in order thank you new role with the undefeated yep what's what's got you most excited um everything the fact that I can have a blank canvas to create uh and I know for a lot of people it seems super weird that like who would leave the six o'clock sports center to go to a role where it's it's a lot of writing it's a little different you're not on tv every day though I will still do a lot of television but for me, it was just about being comfortable in my space. And here's the thing, and I don't mean this as any disrespect, because I realize for a lot of people in our business, being able to host Sports Center, being able to be at ESPN and have a daily platform is a big dream of a lot of people. I'm an accidental television person. Mm -hmm. They hired me as a writer. I never intended this TV mm -hmm. career to happen, but it happened nonetheless. And for me, this of all the things I wanted to do in TV at ESPN, 6 p.m. Sports Center or Sports Center period was never on my, or I should say our, my, it feels ter it feels crazy to call him my former co-host because we're friends in real life, right. as you know, right, we're right, very right. close, Mike. Neither one of us ever wanted to do the 6 o'clock Sports Center. We never wanted to do Sports Center. When they first came to us with this idea over a year ago, we laughed. We were like, y'all don't clearly watch our show. Like, so right? You and you've done our show. I know. So you knew right away that maybe it wasn't the right fit? No, it was just that we had it in our minds. Like a lot of people, like you think about what Sports Center is. Mm -hmm. It's always been coverage, news information, the evening news in this spot of sports. And it's just more of a straight anchor role. But when they came to us, they said, no, we want you to do his and hers, but do it in a... Bigger studio, more resources, 
budget, like all these mm-hmm. other things. We we're like, ooh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. And that's why we were willing to try it because we felt like we can be us in right. this platform and we could do some of the shenanigans that we got away with at noon. How are you able to keep it authentic and stay yourself? You know, sometimes I find myself feeling like I'm making my own little personal stances because, you know, of what I'm wearing or if I put a braid in my hair or something, right? <laughs> right. But you literally came to ESPN, the worldwide leader, and you got them on primetime television yeah. doing remakes of... The movies that are are known famously in the black culture, Friday yeah. Black. Uh, yeah, boys, we did Boys, boys in, in the Hood. hood yeah. Boys in the Hood. Everything. As I like, tell people, real forty, not a fake forty. It, it was a real. I one. drank a forty on ESPN. That's the most blackest moment that's ever happened. How how did you get not only get them to I don't want to say the word allow it, but then to accept it and then put it celebrate it in such a big way. So the thing about his and hers again, a noon audience, which is a, a little bit different noon E two audience, I should say in particular, because it worked. Like it was so funny, and I'm sure you go through this as a broadcaster. Is you hear a lot of what you shouldn't do on TV mm-hmm. a lot, right? And one of our producers at the time thought that we were alienating our audience by making all these movie references all the time. Yeah, like one of our favorites that we used to, from Boomerang, workload over a meal, hell of a load. Like we used to say that all the time for no reason. And he was like, well, what if people don't get it? And what I used to always say is like, well, there are plenty of references that really good, great, even iconic broadcasters use. And y'all never tell them to like... What if people don't get that? Correct. Exactly. Like Chris Berman, who I think is obviously one of the most iconic broadcasters ever, he used to make a lot of references I didn't get, mm-hmm. but I understood that that was him being him. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, unfortunately, what happens to people of color, and Stuart Scott, is uh, the late, great Stuart Scott, is one of those examples. Like, when he first started doing that, people hated on it. Right. you know. And he talked about how internally he got a lot of pushback, and some of his colleagues were like, are you sure you want to do this? But Stuart stayed true. Mm-hmm. And that was our thing on his and hers is like Mike and I decided like if we're going to go down, we're going to go down our way. Right. So if we're going down by doing this Boys in the Hood parody or by doing uh, Coming to America, the barbershop scene, like, right. OK, cool. And we tried to bring some of that to SportsCenter when we did the different a world. Different world. I was yeah, just the different world. Yeah, the different world intro. Carrie, Carrie did her thing. Carrie, too. she did. She did her thing. As in Boys in the Hood when she played Ice Cube's mama, which I was yeah. like, people don't know she was just being herself. That, that's actually, no, but you know what? That's actually Carrie. You know what's interesting? Minus the cigarette. <laughs> what's, what's, y'all are actually like, y'all are good actors too. Like y'all are talented. Like y'all, it was, I think you We did, imitate well. What was the one you, I mean, you? what was the one also you was uh, making fun of the... Was it Brothers or... Oh, Step Brothers. Step Brothers. We did Step Brothers. Yeah, Step we Brothers. did Anchorman. Anchorman. Yeah. Anchorman was what I was like, oh, so that you're low-key, like, you could be an actor. Well, the funny <laughs> thing was Anchorman was our holy grail because we were like, yo, what if we could re- recreate the fight scene in Anchorman? And, um, you know, we got everybody on board. Was everybody and, excited around all the different... Oh, you had every totally. talent. Oh, Trey Wingo, like, everybody. Wow. Like, Trey Wingo is West Mantooth. Like, that's him. You know, so <laughs> you just... We got Greeny involved, Golik involved, and they just, like, really were excited about it. It was actually a real horse. Mm-hmm. We did set a man on fire. <laughs> we did set a car on fire. Like, all that was, like... I can't believe they got a horse. I don't even know right. where they got it from. Right. So we blew out the budget. So we couldn't go anywhere for, like, two years because... <laughs> <laughs> But um, no, we wanted to. We can't bring, go to All Star Weekend, right? This year. Like, sorry, uh, we blew Anchorman. it on. Right, we blew it on the on the horse and the man on fire, <laughs> right. so we can't go to All Star. So that's the way it works. But 
what we um so we tried to bring that over to sports center think about sports center it's like a different audience yeah. it's an expectation when you say sports center people think news information highlights and i don't and it cuz it's a legacy brand and that stretches across all boards and so what we were finding is that it was a lot more difficult than we anticipated to merge his and hers with sports center right and so my decision to leave was that and just to clarify yeah. for the for all the clarifications that are needed <laughs> It was was it it was suggested to you or was it you who no made a I went decision? to them you yeah, went to them I came to them Continue. and mm-hmm. and they um you know they they were happy with and fine with me being there and contractually that's what was the deal is that that's what it said in my contract six p.m. Sports Center mm-hmm. so um I just reached a point where I just wanted something else and I wanted to return to writing. Because the thing about doing TV every day and in studio is that you get a lot further away from the things you talk about. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, I miss talking to athletes and coaches. Like, you get to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I spent a year doing sideline reporting for college football. That's the toughest job I've ever had, by far. Mm-hmm. People don't understand how hard that job is. Like, it's hella hard. Right. I knew I wasn't cut out for it. After that year, I was like, oh, this is so hard. <laughs> so, at any rate, um, and, and not because it it's just – Man, it's you're it's a reacting. Lo- Ooh, it's, it's a, a lot going on. Job, you're hustling, right? You know, nothing is planned. Nope. You know, there's live TV and there's live live. Right. Sideline reporting is live live, right? So it's it's a mm-hmm. much different animal. So at any rate, I just reached a point where I knew that Sports Center needed to be Sports Center, but I needed to be me. Mm-hmm. And um, the the direction of the show that was going, I think, was good for the brand. It just again not the type of TV I really got into this business to do or into sports center to do for sure i understand so yeah so you know mike and i um were friends in real life so <laughs> it didn't feel like a really a breakup it felt like as he calls it to to borrow and steal from his term unfinished business now have you given some thought to the fact that it, it feels even even as you're writing and you'll have a really great canvas to really express yourself in the way you want to and tackle the subjects that are important to you do you? I, there's a sense too. We we need your face on TV, you know. And and I know you will still have roles on various outfits coming in and speaking. Um, but have you made sure that we don't lose your visibility? As oh well? my gosh, no. And um, in fact, I feel like I'm going to do projects that have more depth. You know, we just did Dear Black Athlete, mm-hmm. right? And um, that's a project that has some depth. I got to sit down with Kobe. Did that interview? It was great, and so there's all these sit downs I could do now that mm-hmm. I couldn't do before. Got another big one that's planned in a couple of weeks, so Ooh. people will see that. Uh, oh my gosh! I just thought about who it might be. You might be able to guess. Blink twice if it's. Mm-mm. Really? Are you thinking Colin Kaepernick? No. Okay, I thought that because everybody thinks it's Colin Kaepernick. No, I, I, was like, I, 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 I thought Kaepernick. I thought maybe it was Barry or something. Barack. Ooh. Hey, if you listen to Barry. <laughs> well, he is an avid listener to Ball Girl Magic. Uh, I, of course he is. <laughs> hey, but, Michelle. <laughs> but I would honestly, I wouldn't be surprised because he used to listen to our podcast. Like really? he's yeah. He has a wide versatility about the things that he listens to. What's it been like developing a relationship with Barack Obama and so, Michelle? As well? <laughs> so I make this joke all the time is that I can say the last two presidents know who I am. <laughs> the yeah, current right, right, and the one right, before. Right, right, yeah, right? Yeah. I literally went from Sipping Hennessy in the White House, true story, to being an enemy of the White House in like a calendar year. Life comes at you fast, right? Right. But that was surreal because the first time Mike and I went to the White House, we went twice. And the first time we went, 
we had been told he knew who we were, but you never know. Mm -hmm. Like, and so when we were in the receiving line, and before I could introduce myself, he was like, hey, my favorite duo from my favorite morning show. I was like, oh, my God, the president. Knows. And then he started, like, talking about stuff that we talked about. And then the oh, first. So he, he wasn't even frightened. Like, he no, really knew. He, he really knew who we were. Right. And the first lady was like, I watch you all the time, too. And mm -hmm. this and that. And I was like, is this my life right now? That's crazy. And it was crazy. So uh, did he reach out or did either of them reach out during the kind of. So word, so word got back that um, uh, the former president that that Barack had he sent word through sort of my agency that you know support. that he just a, a word of support and, and encouragement, uh, which was a, a, a tremendous and it meant a lot to me as did a lot of people because um, what always is uh, it leaves an impression in your mind is during those moments where there's turmoil and we'll all mm -hmm. experience this is the people that you don't even know are checking for you that reach out. Mm -hmm. Right. So I always tell the story about like Sal Palantonio, who I'm cool with Sal, but Sal and I don't have a relationship necessarily. He's a colleague whose work I've respected for a long time. And the fact that he took his time out, he emailed me. And then because I didn't email him back, he called me. Uh -huh. And just to make sure that I was OK, it's things like that that you remember in sort of those moments of struggle. And, you know, it's cool to remember the, the people that step up and have your back. But I see a lot, too, with the big stage that you get. There's kind of like a positive and a negative. You went through a lot before joining the Undefeated and making, you know, these next career moves and your story got amplified. And the audience that was aware of you, that knew who you were, that's now listening to you, it gets even bigger to like even a million, what are you at, a million followers or something on, what are you Almost at? Almost, I'm like 5,000 away. Come on, y'all. Can you <laughs> yeah, get this follow in for Jamel Hill, please get her to a million? <laughs> right. So as that increases, also does the noise of people who are negative. For whatever reason it is that they see you, you might you. It may not even be about you. Something about you symbolizes something that uh, bothers them. I'm curious why you why how do you deal with the negativity? Do you do you take it personally? And I also see that you talk about it publicly. You put it out there. Why do mm -hmm. you in, choose to embrace it so publicly? Part of it is because I want people to realize. I I, I think we often have a misperception about who the people are that bring the negativity. Like everybody's reduced them to, oh, like, oh, that's just egg avatar. That's just whatever. No, that's somebody you work with. That's somebody that right. is your neighbor. Right. That's somebody you go to church with. Mm -hmm. Like, these are their private thoughts, but obviously the Internet has given them a certain anonymity. Mm -hmm. So that's why I bring attention to it. It doesn't bother me. Because as I often say, you know what happens every other Thursday? Direct deposit. So you can tweet me all those things you want about how much you hate me and how much you wish I was fired by ESPN. Every other Thursday. Still going to happen, dog. So I until you're the president of the company or you're Bob Iger and you tweet me that or you have a conversation with me about that, I really don't care what you think. Right. I mean, I care because I care about – I don't care what they think on the negativity uh standpoint of it but like I care about obviously servicing viewers and readers from that standpoint I'm here to do that that's a part of my job but the negativity stuff it just really never bothered me because I hate to say this and I, I'm sure younger women journalists especially those of color probably ask you this all the time is I've unfortunately learned how to deal with it and the sad thing is that we have to learn how to deal with mm -hmm. it and so I don't want to pretend like this is normal that, you know, I, I, after the, the controversy and everything, I've never been called a nigga so many times in my life. Right. Like, ever. Right. Like, and not just through 
tweets or Facebook, people were writing me snail mail. You're not committed. You got to be to write snail mail. <laughs> you getting letters in the mail. Letters in the mail. It's like, <laughs> whose grandpa is doing this? It's crazy what will get people out of their seats to action. Correct. Like how enraged yeah. they can be by you. Yeah. You know? And it was just like, it was very daunting to read that to some degree because it was like, wow, they're really committed to hating me. <laughs> um, but, it, I mean, it, I just consider it to be just a chapter in the journey, like in the book of my life, you know, this will be a couple paragraphs. But do you like having this kind of bigger shoulders, bigger shoulders to carry the weight of all of this on? The only reason um, I'm okay with it is because I get so, for all the negativity, the positivity and the, the young women and the people of color that come up to me and the white people too. I don't want to make it seem like white people don't mess with me, but like mm. all of, for the, for, for all of that, the people that will just randomly just hug me or give me a pound in the mm-hmm. airport, like that's what it's about. Is that if I can, in some ridiculous way, somehow inspire them to feel like they have a voice or to feel like somebody cares about the things that they go through, because there are things that are universal mm-hmm. that we all go through in this, this struggle, like that makes it worth it. And that's okay. Well, I could just tell you, as a fellow broadcaster and a fellow black woman in journalism, it is so meaningful and so important. And it's 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 a, it's a quest that like I feel like I personally follow and feel invested in. I feel invested in the journey. I got your back, and I feel like yo, you got mine too. And it feels I do. that way. And I, I know I do. Like <laughs> I I've said this many times, and I think I may have said this to you personally. Like Roz, every shine that you get, like I feel so proud Aww. because <laughs> you're amplifying us daily daily and you know how this business is it often pits women against each other they often make it seem like it can only be one or they can only be two and what I have learned and always believed that if if Roz winds up on TNT doing her thing Mm -hmm. or Roz winds up with her own show or she has her own podcast like we all can eat like that's better amplifying the whole and so whatever I can do for you you know I'll do and I I got your back all the way 100% thousand percent that goes both ways. And actually listening to because I got they're like, I got to go. But um, I was actually thinking about how this is kind of like we're seeing this not even just in sports. We're seeing this in movies. We're seeing this in Atlanta, the shy, insecure, Black Panther, which I got to see. I haven't seen. Have you seen it once or seen twice? seen it twice. Twice already? Already. When Yvonne come in here, y'all can all get all crazy. Oof, let me Don't, tell you. No spoilers, okay? No, I won't do any spoilers. But, but I, I'm just saying the way our parents looked at Roots, we going to look at this movie. Right, mm-hmm. and and so I what I'm I think and like even you bringing Boys in the Hood to ESPN instead of saying oh I wonder if they'll get it, it's it's the it's like a renaissance of Black culture in America and it's and it's like a celebration of it and I feel like the mindset shift as we are not only exposed to more and more of this normally in our daily TV shows in our movie theaters in our sports world and we stop it's less of either or or. Rihanna Beyonce conversations. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? I hate those conversations. Right. It's like, like, why not both? Why can't they both exist? <laughs> yeah, right. It's so what's wrong with you? Yeah. Like if someone you sometimes my friends will have see a picture of Rihanna that looks good and post it and be like, well, Beyonce, something like <laughs> Beyonce don't have nothing to do with this. <laughs> right. It's so sick. It's sick, but yeah. we're conditioned that way. Yeah. And I feel like what's exciting right now is like it's less of a crabs in a barrel and more like, yo, we can all like this. The black excellence movement is very it's inclusive. Mm-hmm. It's inclusive. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like people used to come at each other. You know, now yeah. I'm seeing rappers all together. Like everybody's it's exciting and it's happening right now. No, it's it's a great 
time, even though I look, I know a lot of people now, are, there's a lot of reasons why a lot of us feel like this moment is unstable to some degree. Like we're all just like what's happening in the world. But at the same time, that's happening. As you said, there's this like awakening For that's sure. taking place. And it's really beautiful to see. And trust me, when you go to Wakanda, mm-hmm. all right, when you go to Wakanda, you're like, do I have to come back? Like, right, really? Right, right, like, right. It's, it is, I could write 35 think pieces about <laughs> what this movie actually means and why it's so big. I, I said this to a Disney executive, I was like, this movie is so black, y'all don't even know how black it is. Right. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, uh, but it's universal and black at the same time, which is beautiful. Well, thank you, Jamel. I have to go. You run. So thank you for being here. We have so much more to jump in with you, but uh, thank you for being. I'm, I'm glad to have this moment with you real quick. Same here. All right. All right, yo, what's going on? So me and Roz just, like, legitimately did a switch. You guys have to understand, we, we're filming this All-Star Weekend, Ooh. Wakanda Black Panther Weekend, uh, President's Day Weekend. L.A. is hot, right? <laughs> it is, it's Dylon, 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 hot fire hot, okay? It's, it's so hot. Traffic was dumb. I done went, like, 80 miles to come down the street from my house, y'all. Let me tell you <laughs> Real talk. I was like... My car will not get hit today, first of all. Second of all, not today, Satan. <laughs> Third of all, kill yourselves. Like, I am just not the one. So pardon my tardiness, uh, but I walked in the studio. I see bling, bling, just in my face because Jamel got the Gucci loafers shining. Looking at my Gucci's, it's about that time. Hey, Gucci, 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 <laughs> down to the socks. Yeah. Yo, I wish y'all could see this. This joke, like Look, I, can't I know even... you're not talking with these Kendrick Lamar. I got the Kendrick's on. I, I'm about to go put some. I'm about to go put some diamond studs on the Ken, on the Kendrick. So I can... is is this part of celebration of Black Panther? Oh yeah. So everything I got on is is strategic. Okay. okay. The Kendrick's because Kendrick, um, he did the uh, the soundtrack. So mm-hmm. I had to represent with the Kendrick. I got on a jumpsuit from South Africa. Oh, see what you, you know, did there. We don't know where Wakanda is. Right. So I got the jumpsuit from South Africa. I got the Nigeria shirt on because mm. why not? Right. Okay, because, you know, we can go from South to West Africa right quick. Um, let me see. I got the Wakanda gold jewelry on. <laughs> it's not a game, y'all. I'm, I don't think y'all understand. Don't worry, I'm going to have a picture of this whole outfit. And then I got the uh, uh, I came up slash God came through hat because, you know, I think the Wakanda story is one of come up Yeah, you know, <laughs> you can create a com- word, right? Come up tuition. Come up tuition, right? Uh-huh. And you know the gods <laughs> that they were, you know, uh, praying to coming through for them. Correct. Uh, so yeah, we're we're about to go into Black Panther. I know you and Roz t- touched upon it a little yeah, bit, a little bit, but Roz hadn't seen it, right? And my, I'm telling you right now, it's Tuesday. <clears throat> when this, when y'all hearing this, it's Tuesday, and if you haven't seen it. Shame on you. Right. In fact, so get stop ready li- for these spoilers. <laughs> Not only get ready for these spoilers, but this download ball girl magic because we can't be friends. Correct. If you have not seen Black Correct. Panther by Tuesday, I blame you. And you know what? I just Fix your life. I don't think this is the podcast for you. So, you know, I'm very curious as someone who obviously is, is an actress, you're here in Hollywood. Like, what's the vibe out here for you guys? Like, as someone who's a black actress, like, how are you processing what's happening? With Black Panther, right now it is. This is beyond a movement. Like I, I want Black Panther to shatter, like sh- 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 shatter, like the minds. Like I feel like right now the groundswell is like, oh wow, this is great. But I want them dollars to make Hollywood be like, 
we've never seen this before. So I'll give you some insight intel because, you know, I work for ESPN. We're owned by Disney, right? And so um, I have it on very good authority from up top. The only pre-sale, the only movie that outdid Black Panther was Star Wars. It's the only one. It's only one. So pre-sale tickets were about $55 million as of the time of this podcast, right? And then the expectation is that this is going to do $200 million. What's even more impressive, and you know this being in this industry, often what they use to, to not support black films or to not put them out there on the big screen is that they talk about how we don't do well overseas, right? Mm-hmm. I, I read that article. S- correct. So already what it's done in Hong I Kong. Think it's like 50 million or something like already, that. Already. Out the gate. And so it's so many different markets. Like the, I mean, they, they felt like it would do well in the U.K., because of the strong base that's there. Yeah. But in Hong Kong, all, China is going to do huge, which is really what this is about to some degree. Like, we knew domestically it would be supported. Oh, it's going to be dope. It's going to be dope. Are they tracking the continent of Africa? Um, You know what? I'm really curious about that. I'm, I mean, I, I get I get it. Like, you don't understand. Like, I, if they track Nigeria, Ghana, and South Africa alone, oh, they in. you coming up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. And then let's not even, like, then we bring in Kenya because, you know, Lupita's from Kenya. Yep. And then, you know, Denai is from the continent, too. Yep. So I feel like they should be tracking the African continent. You're correct. Because... Them, those dollars there go a long way Spend, too. The money spends the same, the, right? The money spends. The and same. Um, so, but I, what thing I love about this music, this this movie, and um, is that I think a lot of African Americans here, we often struggle with our African heritage, absolutely, right? And we don't know how to merge or blend those two. And this is a movie that beautifully touches on both. On both. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a friend tell me that there was actually an African uh, American woman who went in and was like, she just did not like how the African-Americans in the movie were portrayed. And I was like, and I, you know, I wanted to see things from both sides because obviously, like, I'm an African immigrant to America. So, I, you know, I, for me, the movie was like, yo, it, it, it's darn near as good as it's going to get. Like, there, uh, you can nitpick, you can, like, pull back the layers and be like, I wish this, and then, then, but for me, I was like, yo, that's a solid, like, it's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, in my opinion. Right. You know, so when I was hearing the feedback, I'm like, okay, I can see that. But I'm like, but the movie was coming from an African perspective, and it had traces of African-American, like, obviously the store, oh, my gosh, with the with the cousins. Yes. I, just, I felt like, yes, if you wanted to, like, really, really, like, go, like, layer by layer, you can be like, oh, man, you know, the one African-American girl got, got shot. Okay. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, but like in that moment, like that's what she said. He was like, the one African American girl got killed. And I'm like, by the other African American guy. Like, like I was like, you know, and not to discredit or discount like how you feel, but I'm just like, and I, I, you know, like there was that meme that was like, yo, even if this movie is horrible, we going to say it's We just going to say it's the best. But I'm telling y'all, we don't have to We don't have to lie. Like, it really is that good. I mean, I, I plan to see this movie. This movie is so good. I, Consider it an honor to pay for it. You know what I'm saying? And it's a privilege. It's a privilege Who? for me to pay for this movie. Yo, on like, President's Day weekend? Uh, look, Black History Month? I'm saying. Yo, it's just a lot going on Wakanda right now. Wakanda History Month? <laughs> Wakanda. I want them to teach Wakanda history in the, in, the, in, the, in the public school. But here's the thing, though. is like with Michael B. Jordan's character. Wait, can he, we just take a moment of silence for Michael B. Jordan's muscles? Just <laughs> Let's just take a moment of silence. Not just... <laughs> Hi, you and Okay, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, he rocked up right now. Yo, yo, yo he I'm rocked like, up. Between Creed and and the, the kill Killmonger, 
<laughs> I know. <laughs> and I, I attended uh, an event in New York. The second time I saw it, it was a premiere plus a Q&A with the cast. And, um, you know, it, it was it's, it's so weird because I, I he's a big sports fan, so he's messed with, you know, me and my co-host a long time. And um, so it was one of those things where, like, a lot of my girls, like, think he's so fine, yeah. right? So they all, like, slobbering over him. And I was like, oh, that's just Mike B. George. Yeah, like, that's my brother. That's but then... What happened was like as he <laughs> as that prog- as that come up Asian has happened. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, damn, he might be kind of fine. Like, what, no, what them, I, them dimples though. I'm saying no. Yo, is he is he is he forever Wallace to you? See, that's what that's, I, that's my introduction yeah. is like. Yo, where's Wallace? Where's Wallace? <laughs> and so Wallace Wallace died. Okay, Wallace <laughs> got shot. Look, there's no and, spoiler alert thing on that. Like, no, if you ain't if seen you, the wire, like, if you ain't seen the wire, then I need you to just dismantle your life. <laughs> just go ahead, and shut down all electronics. Like, are you Amish? Like, I just I have questions, right? <laughs> right. I feel like there's an Amish dude who's like, no, 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 I've seen the wire in the, my horse and buggy. Don't you don't you discount my life? <laughs> right. But you know, I'm like, he's not. He ain't Wallace no more. No, he's not. And you see that. Great Growth and that progression, they're like, ooh. I feel like we need to have shirts that say Wallace grew up. Like, like, like Wallace done grown up. <laughs> well, it's kind of like kind of almost what happened with, with Will Smith. Like, Will Smith was like, oh, he's Fresh Prince dude, he's this, that. Oh, he and got jiggled with it. Right? And he then Bad Boys it. came out. I was like, when did Will Smith get fired? What did I miss? That goatee did it. That you know goatee. that goatee did it, it. Yo, first of all, speaking of goatees, you know you've seen this picture of Forever 44. Okay. With, with the song so, Ever Goatee. I'm I was hoping that was real, no. and then I felt it was a part of me that felt ashamed because I was like, "That's Michelle's husband. That's like, Michelle's I can't mess with that. <laughs> can't mess no. with that." And no. having you know, because you guys, you know what, you all went to the White House yes. the day after we went. Shut up. So, because look, I I told Roz this earlier. I was just like, "Yo, it's so funny because I went from literally drinking Hennessy in the White House, yo, because that, that eggnog, yo, yo, that eggnog. Yo. That eggnog. If you don't understand the White House holiday eggnog." It's, it's it, like that. Like my dad would say, it's not for children. <laughs> it's not for children. It's not for small children. And we children. made a conscious decision because it was his last year in office. We were just like, yo, we going to drink this hen in the White House and just keep it all the way up. Did y'all pour it a little bit? Did y'all pour it a little bit? You know we did. You know we did. On the White House Then we blessed the bottle. You know, had to tap it real quick on my man's. And then I was like, the fact that y'all even got Hennessy here says a lot. Hold on. I got I to do this. This song dedicated to, <laughs> to my, my homies <laughs> in that gangster lean, that gangster lean. Yo, my part of that song was when he Ooh. goes, my God, my God, my God. <laughs> Tell him to put down them 44 seconds, Lord. Like, yo. Ooh, this is for my homies? Like, they yo, don't know. DRS had one song, and that's all they needed. That's all we needed. It had all of us in our feelings. <laughs> Cry thug tears for thugs. I didn't even know. <laughs> I didn't even know no thugs. I'm, a, I'm an immigrant that lived by a cool the sock. I didn't know nobody that died in no, no gangster lead. <laughs> but, oh. but let's talk about President Obama's the beard. Photo. beard. It, I was in on that. I was like, mm, Yo, maybe he should do that. First of all, whoever photoshopped that, I need them to contact me because I might need you to draw a portrait of me <laughs> because that was some perfect... Like, I feel like that was a George Clooney It beard. was. It was like something. It was a salt and pepper thing Ooh. happened, and then I felt ashamed of myself because I don't want to look at him that Yo, way. <laughs> he, Yo, he could literally be the most interesting man in the world with he that could beard. Have been. It was good. It we, was very good. We had a thing. We were like, Yo, what would President Obama do when he retires? And legitimately, we were like, Every black actor better be glad he don't want to act. Like, he not trying to come to Hollywood and act. Ooh. You because, think he'd be good at that? Yeah. If President <laughs> Obama was like, you know what I want to do? Some comedic 
like so uh, like like a romantic comedy or Not like, a romantic comedy. or action like movie. He would be top billing. What? And nobody would be mad. Like, yeah. you don't think you can't see President Obama in Bad Boy 3? True. I can see him running down the street shirtless. <laughs> like, well, well, see, she took it so far. Jamil, come back. I, I know. Was, I'm, I'm sorry. I got, yo, I got lost. I got lost. I was like, yeah. I got lost. He's, he's not Michael B. Jordan. This, this is your president. You got to have some respect. Secret <laughs> Service is about to come through here. Like, uh, somebody, this no somebody disrespect, say. Michelle. You know I have the utmost respect <laughs> for you. Michelle is still from the south side of Chicago. Right. Let's, let's not forget LaVon, that. I think that's her middle <laughs> name. Michelle LaVon <laughs> Obama. Let nobody forget. Like, don't let anyone forget. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So along those same lines, what did you think of the portraits? I was just... You going to ask me? I was I doing just it? about to say. That's what happens when you're in TV. Like, you, you just you This mess is up. what you do. Like, we're interviewing each other. Like, who, whose show is it? I know. It's, it's just, your show. It's just ball girl magic. Yes. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I thought... You know, of course, Kahinda Wiley, like, Nigel of Pride all day long. Beautiful. Like, I was just like... He, the, like, the sun was just... Like setting on President, it was like the Kenyan sun was setting on his face. Like it was just so. Somebody said he was uh, looking at the Wakanda sunset. <laughs> he was looking yeah. at the Wakanda. He was looking at. <laughs> you know, every we all see the movie. I you know, know what I mean? <laughs> Yo, I love you so much in this moment for that callback. But you know, it was like comparing President Obama's portrait to all the other portraits of the other presidents. I'm like, it's the only one that has like color. That has movement and it's mm. still that has that evokes an emotion. I mean, Kennedy with a head down evokes an emotion. I'm not sure what what it's supposed to be because I'm like, put your head up, bro. Um, <laughs> but like this was just a poised man. And then when he talked about like they were both men with African fathers that were absent, I said, oh shit, something. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you take me to church? No, you didn't. It was just so poignant and yeah. so beautiful. Somebody on Twitter, you know, because Black Twitter is ignorant and <laughs> undefeated, um, said, "What what Instagram filter is on?" For See, get your people, get yeah, your yeah. people. <laughs> the fact that you know they were memeing at it like five minutes, and I was like, I I hate all y'all. They put him with the next to Governor Chris Christie. Like I was like, I, the Homer Simpson sliding the bushes. <laughs> I was like, people. We can't, we can't have nice things. We, this is why we can't rise as a people. <laughs> That's, this why. Why we can't rise. That's why. We've been trying. It's Black History Month and we cannot rise as a people. Now, right. Michelle's was beautiful. Like, was. I, like, I think that dress was beautiful. Obviously, I think a lot of people had, like, uh, comments about it in terms of, like, they wanted to see more of her face or, mm-hmm. like, just the, 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 like, the color of the skin tone. But I think that, that that's the artist's style mm-hmm. and the artist's impression. Uh, interpretation of it and like you gotta you gotta get the, they both have different styles a part of me almost wishes like both artists could draw like 
like matching ones, mm-hmm. like uh, Kahinde do both a president and first lady, and then um, why is her name escaping me? Um, the, yeah, the young woman. Uh, Amy it. is it Amy Sherald? Uh, yes, right. Amy Sherald. Uh, is it Sherald? Is it Sherald? Amy, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna call her Amy. Yes, so uh, I'm gonna call, <laughs> I'm call her Amy. Her Amy. <laughs> I want to say it's Sherald. Uh, I'm an immigrant, so I apologize, Amy. I'm getting it all wrong. Uh, tomato, tomato. That's what my mom said. My mom would be like, tomato, tomato. Nope, it's tomato, tomato. But it's all right. Don't you worry about it. Uh, <laughs> um, I think that's her style. I think that's consistent with her style. But I, I almost wish that like. I like symmetry. I just like mm. things, you know, being even. So, like, if they ever wanted to put it side by side, it matches. So I wish they they had two versions of both artists drawing both the presidents. Well, I, I love that it captured both of their personalities yeah. to a large degree. Very and much so. I'm very art ignorant. I'd be the first to say it. Like, I don't, I know what I'm looking at, but I don't know what I'm looking at. And so um, I thought that her, the level of strength in the pose yes. was good because that's always how she has been. Like, and her very regal. Yes, very regal, but yet still not today. She was oh, like, I ain't the, today the day and I ain't the one. Because she wasn't smiling. Because <laughs> she wasn't. She was like, she was like and? This is how I feel. Like, I felt like a thug clap wanted to come after that. I was like, yeah, Michelle. Was it a thug clap or a soul clap? So clap. Oh, is it both? Because it might be, it both. Might be a combination. Side. Like she just wants to be like Michelle Levon Obama for y'all who don't Wait, know. Michelle Levon Robinson. Robinson. Oh my bad. Robinson. Let me go with her before her married All name. All the hyphenations. Right? I felt like that was what she was like admitting in this in this beautiful stance. But just I mean, it's just the significance of it. Obviously, only black president and uh, only black first lady, and, to, and only black artist ever. Only black artist ever. So all that. It's just. I have a question for you. Now, I remember the Super Bowl where both um, head coaches were black. Yeah. And it was doing Black History Month. And we remember that was like, we oh was riding. Mind. We was like, we, like, we, we don't know who winning. to pick. We, we good either way. We all win. <laughs> Do you feel like now we are like in a black renaissance? Like almost like, is this the, you know, like that book, The Coldest Winner Ever? Is this the blackest winner ever? Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, in terms of like, we got, we got Black Panther. We got the presidential portraits. We have um, well, you guys Eagles are, winning you guys the Super Bowl. are a part of that too, is that it is... Um, honestly, it, it is, you, uh, I mean, you know, not to gas you up on your own show, but to gas you up on your own show. It's like, you know, I'm a, a big fan of the show. And honestly, like, you guys are a part of that. Like, the creativity you display there. Then you have you. You have Atlanta. You have all these things. And with everything being about content now in Hollywood, it's, it's like we're finally seeing ourselves as multidimensional. In such a different way. Because, you, like you said, you have, we have grownish yes, and grown-ish. blackish. We have, I mean, how to get away with scandal. <laughs> like, get away with yo, scandal. Did you, you know they murdered. Like I know. They that is crazy. Shh, Which is like, mind blown. <laughs> but also, yes. Yes. You know, and it's just like, like I even, I was listening to an AT&T commercial. And I was like, is that Lena Waithe mm-hmm. on the AT&T commercial? Yeah. Then I saw another commercial and I heard Viola Davis. I was like, we out Viola here. Davis is the Delta voice. When she's you're on Delta, Delta when you're I on know. Delta, I was like, Get my life, and she's on the Delta um, uh, magazine, yes. living her best life. Right. So I'm just like, it, a part of me is just kind of like, we are everywhere. And then the first black uh, uh, athlete on sports, this uh, Sports Illustrated, like, oh yes, the 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 the, the, the body cup, issue, the, 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 the Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. First, well, it, Tyra was the other one. I feel like she's number three. I guess, or she's like the first black athlete or something like that, like yeah. non model, right? Or like, yeah, it's a, like a real it's, specific. It's, it's, it's a specific distinction, but to have her and in the same one have Sloane Stevens. 
Uh, it is. It feels. It feels like there is a, a wide scale investment in us, and that's what people have to understand about you know Black Panther. This is for all of anyone can know. This is the most money a black film has ever been given. Two hundred million. Two hundred million. And the fact that this film will probably make a billion dollars. It has to. Like, it's no way it doesn't. So there is. It's one thing, because I think a lot of times when people talk about diversity and incorporating different voices, people of color, they make it seem like it's charity. Like, we're not talented. Like, we're not bringing something to the table. Or like it's a fluke. Correct. It's not a fluke. It's not a fluke. You got the top billionist, (laughs) like, black artists. You watch the movie, there is no weakest link. No. None. At all. I didn't even know Sterling Brown was in it till no, I got to the premiere. And I was, he was like, a thug. oh, he in it too. And he was a thug. And he, right. Yo. Yo, I mean, the funny thing was, it was so many black actors and actresses and black Hollywood was like represented so strong at the premiere in LA. I was like, are you in the movie? You sure you're in the movie? Because I felt like every black actor was like in this movie. So, like, I, I feel like. Wakanda Forever is going to be, like, the clap back, like, when you were at your office and, like, your co-worker is getting on your nerve and it's, like, it's some passive-aggressive, like, undercurrent of racism. You're like, Wakanda Forever! Right. Like, Wait, what? Just and like now the- when we see each other on the street, we're going to do the little dap and then do the, ah! the little... <laughs> like, what he did with his sister. Yeah, what he did with his sister. Like, that's going to be our new greeting. Like, if y'all, occasionally, when y'all see the movie, it's an updated dap. Is it- just so you know, well, I'm going to need this to be incorporated. We're not going to do the head nod. We're not nope. going to do the head nod. Mm-hmm. That's outdated. Right. We're not going to do the, like, Black Panther fist. That's out- we're going to do the Wakanda. We're going to do the Wakanda greeting. So I feel I feel very connected to you in this moment. <laughs> I want you to know we are best friends. Oh, absolutely. I, um, like, I, it's, I mean, it's just so much because it's like, you know, even with endorsements, like like we were talking about uh, Lena with AT&T, but like uh, Aisha Curry yes. and Issa with yep. CoverGirl. Yep. Um, that's big. That's huge. And, and the fact that Issa, like, I love my girl, but and she was just like, I never thought this awkward black girl could be the, like, have a cover girl. All of a sudden, you're a cover girl. You're a cover, and, like, there's some awkward girl right now with, like, a fro and glasses. Like, like, I can be. I can be a cover girl. Like, yeah. and I and I think it's such a, and even just, you know, going back to the movie for five seconds, I think, because I think there were a lot of life lessons embedded totally. in the movie. Um, my, like, the scene that I still laugh at to this day is when he wakes up in the lab and, and she calls him colonizer. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, or just in general, like, at, to me, it seemed to be a very pointed message. Like, they never ceased to, to shush this white man, like, yeah, all the time. But here's the thing. And I wasn't even mad that, like, he saved the day. No. I wasn't, not saved the day, but, like, he But, like, he was a big part of it. Because I think that that's important, right? Because uh, it's like... We still ruin, and we're still, but I, it's just even the message of we have to pretend to be poor. We have to dumb our country down so that people don't come in and take our riches, right? And take our resources. I'm like, this is like, the, like the anti Avatar, not the anti Avatar, but it's like the what Avatar? Oh yeah, because Avatar, well, you know, like was it was, it's yeah. kind of like in the same vein. Like Avatar, I was like, when I saw Avatar, I was like, that's what colon- that's how colonialism should have ended. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like if it ended like that, we'd have been all right. Yeah. But this is kind of like the. If I guess if Avatar never even happened, like the, the pre acquisition not so not the anti, but like the prequel, mm-hmm. if you will. But just that 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 nuance of we can't share our wealth or we can't show our wealth because then it will be taken. Right. And I feel like a lot of people of color feel like they have to do that, even in if it's workplaces or just in life. Just like, 
oh, let's uh, not even let's make ourselves look small, mm-hmm. but let's dim our our light has been dimmed so much where it's just like we have this really good idea. No, we don't have to let someone take credit for that. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, you know that that is that. Let's try it. Let's see if it works. Meanwhile, you're like, I had that idea too. Because most ago. of us have, have been taught how to survive, mm. as opposed to you know how to flourish, if you will. And I thought that was like you. I thought that was a very important you know message. And it also taps on a lot of people who have wondered about did was was integration here in America was it was a good thing because uh, it was about equal access. But what it did do is that at the same time it robbed the black community of some of the foundations that we had, black businesses, Mm. black neighborhoods, like even in sports, the fact that you had a Negro baseball league. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden that talent is being taken elsewhere. Even the HBCUs Mm. that had some of the best black athletes, all of a sudden there are other places and it weakens their institutions. So how do we go about that balance of knowing who we are, holding, holding down our community, keeping that strong, but yet still showcasing ourselves to the outside world. That's a that's a tough one. It, it, and I, I think it's because of how it started, right? It's like if from jump everything was equal, then like it would be a different story. Right. But to your larger point, it's like if we still uh, make, like so for instance, like the HBCUs, if we still make them sustainable and give them um, like an uh, endowment so that they can still flourish and at the same time allow some of their plays to go elsewhere without fear of, oh, man, if this happens, then it's going to mean that we can't give the scholarship to this other person. Because it's just like, how do you not handicap the system by enlarging or opening the system up? Correct. It's a it's a very, I don't know, how do you, I, I don't have the answer to that. I don't either. I mean, I think it's just like kind of a, a case-by-case, you know, basis. Like, everybody thought that Dave Chappelle had lost his mind when he decided... <sighs> Not <laughs> you already yeah. you like he Listen, crazy because I did you you saw the both specials I did did you see when he was explaining the pimp book Yep oh shit so yeah, Iceberg Slim if y'all ain't read it get on it if y'all ain't seen like, again if or you seen the documentary if you haven't seen the 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 Dave Chappelle's comedy special again I need you to unsubscribe to Black Vulgar <laughs> Magic because I just I don't know what you're doing I don't know who our <laughs> listeners are um, but yeah when he was talking about Iceberg Slim it's like he got it and. I think what happened is he started, and, I, and I'm guessing, I don't know, you tell me, if you guys go through the same thing, you guys started this really beautiful thing that was so intrinsic to black culture, but do you, how much do you worry about how it's interpreted among the larger masses? Well, you know, what's funny is I was in, I was in an interview the other day, and they asked, they said, um, are you surprised that a lot of white people um, watch the show? And I said, no, I'm not, I'm not surprised that a lot of white people watch the show. Um, but what I am surprised by are the, like, the, the, um, the, not the nuances, but, like, the caveats they put, like, when they tell me they watch the show. It's always, like, I know I'm not the audience for the show, but, like, <laughs> right. I watch the show. And I was, like, I, girl, I, what do you mean you're not the audience right. for, like, for the show? Like, is, is Game of Thrones the audience for anybody? It's a fictitious, like, it's a fictitious like land. Yeah. Like I don't have dragons. Like I don't. You know what I mean? Like I like I I don't I don't say like I know I, I know Westeros isn't for me, but I still enjoy it. You know, like I don't like I have no point of reference for Westeros. Right. But you, it's entertainment. You know, I watched Seinfeld and Friends, and there weren't a lot of black people there. I don't know if I was the audience for it, but it was entertainment and it was funny and there was something to it. And I watched it. The Simpsons is a cartoon with yellow people and a woman with, like, blue hair, 
I don't know if I'm the audience for it, but guess what? It's 500 episodes in. Somebody's still watching it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I think it's just funny, like, because I, I, I'll never go up to Jerry Seinfeld, but I know you didn't make Seinfeld for me, <laughs> but I want you to know I enjoyed it. So that, like, almost... Look at you like, okay. Like, like I mean... Right. <laughs> but, you know, like, that that feeling, like, they almost have to apologize for liking it. I'm like, no, 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 like, like it. Enjoy right. it. Like, hey, I love it. Like, be... Be proud that you like it. But I think that speaks to a larger context of almost kind of like they feel it's not for them. Why? Is it because they're too it's a it's a predominantly person of color show. Correct. But like we never make that caveat for ourselves. Mm. We watch Sex in the City knowing that all four leads weren't black. Right. And so I think it's it's almost got I, I I um I was talking to somebody and the conversation came up like if if our show wasn't on HBO would it be like critically acclaimed? And I don't know. But you know, like, you know how like certain networks have, like, you know, like the HBO brass and the HBO brand stands for something. I, I was saying the other day, it's like, uh, it's like uh, Blue Magic when Denzel <laughs> says, it's like, I, I guarantee it, I stand by it. <laughs> you know, it's almost like HBO brand, ha- like, you know, like, oh, they're not just like going to put any show on television. So by the time like your show is vetted, it's a good show. So it makes us more apt to want to watch it. But like, a couple years ago, FX wasn't FX. You know, a couple years ago, what channel was uh, Breaking Bad on? Oh, uh, was that A&E, Bravo? Uh, no, no, AMC. Was it AMC? Was it AMC? It was one it, of those. It was I, like it was like Breaking Bad and the um, the marketing show. Yeah. Uh, uh, something that Mad Men. Yes. And, yeah, before those two shows, what was on AMC? Mm-hmm. Nothing. But, like, now when you see a show on AMC, it's like, oh, my God, this is a brand. So I'm, I'm like, curious. Like, if our show was on any other network that wasn't premium cable, would it, would it get those, the, the, the eyes that we do have it that are not people of color? Well, I guess you, maybe is Atlanta a bit of a test case? Because that's on FX. Or but, do you feel like the brand was already strong enough well, the like to withhold. Donald Glover is one of those guys that like has come up. They love Childish Gambino. They love Community. So he like has an audience that's so varied. Mm. Um, and also FX has a lot of Brian Murphy shows. So like they would go to that. But I'm, I I don't know the answer to it. I, I'm just like really curious. But I it, it's something that makes me think because you're right. Even even within this Black Renaissance that we're experiencing, I still feel like there is a. Do we still have to prove ourselves? Do we still have to like show that we're good? Do we like Olivia Pope had a line of suits? You know, <laughs> yeah, like I know. She, she created a whole like it's handled movement. Like, you know, it's like she changed the narrative of what it meant to be like a baddie chick in Washington, yeah. DC. And then all of a sudden, because you as you know, TV and movies, they're a copycat industry. So all of a sudden it became the thing to put black people in prime time, right? So then you get how to get away with murder. And even Morris Chestnut had his show, and then now you see Angela Bassett. She is a primetime show. So all of a sudden, that became the thing. And, and I hope it never goes away. Me neither. Because, remember, it was here before um, with Martin, Living yeah. Single, Moesha. Like, uh, uh, there was, like, a, just a onslaught of, like, really dope shows in the 90s. And around, like... Nine nine two thousand. It was like mm. it, it was, <laughs> where they we at? went nowhere. <laughs> where we at? Where we at? And and I think because of like Black Twitter, I think because of the interwebs, 
and just us being more vocal. Like, you're a, a vocal person. I, we have, like, people like Lovey Ajaya who will call things, you know, who literally write a book called I'm Judging You, <laughs> right? And, and call people out on the carpet. And I think, like, we keep so many different industries honest mm-hmm. just by saying, hey, not on our watch. I feel like even the Me Too movement and the Time's Up movement, it's kind of like, no, 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 we have receipts. We have the internet. We have a voice. We will be heard. You cannot style us anymore. We are lesions. And I think that is the difference between now and maybe 99 and 2000. Yeah, and I I would probably say we're actually, it seems like, and you could tell me if this is not true, it seems like more of us are the masters of our content, whereas before we were being employed. But mm. when you look at what Donald Glover has done, what Issa has done, like, she created that. Yeah. Right? So that's hers. And they can't really... They have to go through her, yeah, to get that out there. Well, you know what it what it is is um, having a specific voice. It's it's two part, right? You know, I always say, and you know, I don't want to make any make a meal of this analogy because you can look at it another way too. It's like the underground railroad would have been a dead end if there weren't um, like white people who open up their homes absolutely to like mm-hmm. to hide these people but then you would say you wouldn't need white people to open up the homes if there was no slavery and we would, <laughs> so right. yeah you but can I get you what you're saying you can, but it's like you still needed people to to say like we like what this is wrong and we understand it's wrong and we want better and so i think the same thing like in our case because i can only speak to our case it's like Issa has a very specific voice and then you it takes a network like hbo to be like who who are we to tell her that her voice is invalid or like that we know more about her voice than her. Mm-hmm. So HBO is like that network is like, we'll come in and do what we need to do as executives to like guide the show. But like, by all means, this is you make it the most edgy or poignant or, you know, teach us something through your voice. And I think, that's really the key. Like to have, it's great to create, but if you create something and then you bring it to a network or you bring it to somebody and they try to water it down and they try to make it fit a mold that it's never supposed to fit, it's almost like what's the point of creating? So it, it kind of it works both ways. Yeah. You need the creators with the very specific voice, and you you need the networks and the executives to sanction that voice. Right now, with you, like, what do you want to say? Like, you have. You have such a clear voice, like in sports, in life, like you just have such a, a point of view. Like, what do you, what do you want your life to say? Like, with your legacy and with what you do, not only in the sports arena, but just like as, as a woman, as a baller, as a shot caller. <laughs> you know, I was like, you, I could keep going. Return yeah. of the Mac. <laughs> I'm working on the shot caller part. Yeah. All right, listen. Um, no, I mean, I, I think. What's always been important to me, not necessarily what I create, but I'm I'm here for service, and that's the truth. And I told Roz this, that, and I would say the same to you. I think for so long, uh, and it still continues to happen, that regardless of industry, there's always this pitting women against women, mm. and that's just, like, disgusting to me. And a lot of it is we've unfortunately bought into it, and so I'm here to amplify and edify. That's it. Uh, however many that I can help, I had to stand on the shoulders of a lot of people. And if I don't allow my shoulders to be stood upon, mm. I feel like I didn't really do what I was meant here to do. And when I see you guys rising to, you know, the level that you're rising to and will continue because you got, you're just scratching the surface, really. Um, 
that means a lot for all of us. And uh, I think when we're caught up in these moments, and I've realized this as people have come up to me like, oh, you're inspiring, you're this or that. When you're in the moment, it's hard to sit down and think of what you're doing yeah. because you're just living. You're just like day-to-day with it. Like, yeah. you like if I could just make it to this podcast studio <laughs> on time, Love that's it. really my mission oh. right now. But there are so many of us that draw inspiration from seeing you guys in creative spaces and doing your thing and controlling your own destiny and owning your own content that it means a lot. And I, I have started to realize and understand the power of what I'm representing. Mm. So for me... Um, I only want my legacy to be in service. I don't really care about how, quote, famous I get yeah. or how much money I make. I don't care about that. And I know it sounds like really Pollyanna-ish, and I know it sounds completely corny, but I really mean that. It's Absolutely. like I'm here for that. And that's and that's so beautiful. Uh, my pastor used to say, the way up is down. Oof. You know, in terms of serving. Yeah. Because you 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 serve, you rise. Mm-hmm. You have like there, like you're so you're low. Like Jesus knelt down to like wash his disciples' feet, mm-hmm. knowing he was going to ascend and going to rise to the highest to the, the seat next to the Father. I'm sorry, I want you <laughs> no, to go no, to church a little the, bit. I mean, but, preach your word. You know what I'm saying? But like the like so when you say you want to live a life of service, it's like that only makes sense that you're going to go beyond what you could have ever thought or imagined for yourself because those are the people who rise. Yeah, I, 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 and I don't, obviously I don't do it for that. It, it Sometimes it's an unintended benefit. One of my, my ex-manager told me this a long time ago. He said, you know what, whenever you're feeling, you know, down or whenever you're, you know, something's going wrong, you want to complain about some things, go out and bless somebody else. And you'd be shocked how much it lifts your spirits. And Absolutely. he was right. And I was like, yeah, you know, every time that I'm, you know, have those moments of self-doubt. And I think about, you know, just how can I bless somebody else? Like, all right, so how can I talk to this person or that person and and just give them a word of encouragement, maybe even a word I don't even have for myself. Yeah. I want to give it to them because I know there's going to be a moment of struggle or trouble and they're going to probably need that word. You know, it's funny you talk about having self-doubt and somebody could look at you and be like, her? <laughs> she's like, yo, she's so confident. She's so bad. And, like, I watch her... Like on television, and she's bomb. Like, what what is Jamel Hill afraid of? So moment I, of vulnerability. I know. Like, why are you trying to give me all of my I'm just, I'm, But I, I think I think <laughs> I think that openness and that vulnerability is gonna free somebody. Um. So I actually gave a TED talk about this. This is the true story. I think most of us are really afraid of success. Really, most of us are. Can we just take a pause break? Just <laughs> and pass the <laughs> no, offering it's bucket. True. And I, I realize in different moments I've been one of those people. Like, we spend a lot of time grinding, trying to get to whatever we think is some euphoria. But once you get there, it never feels like how you thought it would. It never does. Because no one prepares you for it. Correct. Like, it just happens. And then you're like, oh, well, what am I supposed to do now? I spent this entire journey, like, trying to get here, wherever mythically here is. Absolutely. And so people look at the fact that I'm at ESPN and I host this 6 o'clock sports center that, like, oh, you're there. I don't even know how to feel about there. Yeah. And I realized that, oh, yeah, that's because the prospect of success is so much scarier than failure. Like, we all know how to imagine fear and failing. Like, we do that on a regular, right? But, like, when you think about what that success truly could be, and I don't mean monetarily or positioning or this and that, but whatever you imagine success to be, most of us are really afraid of that. So I I just found with me that um, I put so much into the process of things that, I it's hard for me to appreciate the now. The now. I can't stay present, which is so ridiculous because I have a lot of things to stay present for. And so I'm trying to work on 
really being present. Can I tell you how how much I one appreciate that level of honesty and two identify with it? I I, I was broke for so long. <laughs> Like, and mind you, like, I got two degrees. I had a family that loved me. And I was like, this is the life I chose. Like, <laughs> I'm like I'm hungry on purpose. Like, this is crazy. And I struggle, struggle, struggle. And I, I never forget it. Like, the first, like, HBO check, you're like, wait, what? And then, like, season one comes. And then season two, and I'm looking at, at like, the different deals I'm doing. And you're like, you're like, Okay, God, this is cool. Like I'm, I paid off my student loans. I'm like, okay, I'm debt free, and I just like, just kept working. Like, it, like not like it was never enough, but like I'm like, I didn't even, I didn't even know how much I had. Not even like number, but I'm like, I don't know what that is because like now I'm being taxed at a higher tax rate. I'm like, it, that's not even mine. <laughs> like I'm like, you see it, but you're like, at the end of the year, I got to put aside this much right. to pay the taxes and all that. And I just kept working and working, working, working because deep down, if I'm honest with myself, there was a fear that like it could go. Mm. It could go away. Maybe that's what it is. It could go away. Yeah, maybe that's what it and is. That's why you, I can't really enjoy it. Because you know, like the but like the children of Israel, like when they were in lack, they had manna, and God was like, every day, you don't take more than you need. There's manna. There's manna. I got enough for you. And then you entered the land flowing with milk and honey. I guarantee you, there was somebody that was like, it might not be here tomorrow. Let's like let's stock up. Let's stock up. Not knowing, like no, 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 no. Like God didn't bring you the blessing to like rip it from under you. Yeah. And. God told me, um, he said, for so long you've known how to um, live in lack. You've, you've, you've understood how to receive the struggle. But you need to know how to receive the blessing. Mm. And that's so crazy. Like that, that's a word right there. You need to, like, I didn't know how to receive the, we pray for the blessing. We mm -hmm. want the blessing. Right. We work hard. But when hard. we get it, we're like, mm. When we get it, we're like. Is it like is like is this real? Is, is this going back? Like, yeah. what what should I do with it? Like, God, is it all yours? Like, what, like like should I put it under a rock? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, it doesn't make sense because like you haven't been here before, and then it's new, and then the blessing doesn't just come in one way. It comes in like now you're recognizable, and you're like, uh, is there a different way I should be? But I want to be <laughs> I want to be myself, and is myself enough? And what what will they think of me if they find out who I am? But you know what? Who I am is who I am, and that's who I got. So it's there's so many layers to getting to where you dreamt of getting that nobody right. explains to you. But so I thank you for that honesty because I think a friend of mine, she sent me a text message the other day and was like, you know, you, me, and another friend on the text message have like achieved a level of success where it's like visible, and so and she's still on her way there, and she was just like, I, I just do I have a false sense of what to expect when I get there because she's like, I I see your gram and everything is glorious and like, is that what I should expect? And I said, oh girl. You don't even know. That's not even the highlight reel on the gram. <laughs> that's that's not even, that's not even the highlight. You yeah. like, you see it's lost. Like, man, I've been up since legitimately 6 a.m. and I ain't stopped. And it's like, it's so crazy when you're like, I would never do a like 12 hour day. Like I clock out after eight hours. Yet be an entrepreneur. Right. You you work you at 20 out hours. Here. You out here. It, it's a different kind of work. Obviously, mm -hmm. we're grateful and we get to do amazing things. So I, I, I'm i not looking for pity from anyone listening to this podcast. But it's just very different. And even for the people that you may be, like, admiring from afar, we're still trying to figure things out. And that's, that's a thing that, you know, God gives us grace. But a lot of people don't. Because mm -hmm. they're just like... You hear and we demand or expect this from you, and you're like, I just got here. 
give me five seconds right. to figure it out. Right. This is a new level. Yeah. So is, are you are you still in that process? Are you still there? Oh, yeah. And and I guess, and I'm sure you probably found this in a way, is that um, you probably went through this. Is It's not so much that success changes you. It certainly has not changed me. But then you start to see how weirdly it does change some of the people around you. Mm. Where they react in a way that's, it's an adjustment. Like, not because they mean you any harm. Because um, I think about this in, in terms of my, my mother. Like, she, when all of a sudden, the, you know, the White House is talking about her child, she was like, wait, what? Like, she was like, this crazy. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> she about uh, to fight somebody? <laughs> let me tell you. It's like, Mama Hill? Oh, <laughs> It's like, we from Detroit, yo, so... Yo, Detroit versus everybody. I'm saying, like, she is a Christian woman, but she's like, I got these biblical hands. And I will lay them. I will lay them. I will lay them. In the name of Jesus. She'll pray for you after. Yo, the Bible says everything you do, do it in the name of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? If you want to cut somebody, do it and Correct. pray for them. And she will tell me all the time, just bring me some Newports and uh, in jail. That's all I need. I'm like, Newports? Not Newports, mama. New- they come out with... They, get, they got vapes now, <laughs> You can vape. <laughs> she she old school. She oh, about that life. She about that life. But <laughs> no, it's like you see, and sometimes you see how your actions are going through that changes it for everybody else. Yeah. Because, um, so yeah, no, I'm I am still going through some growing planes, and and you're right. Like it feels so weird to be in a certain position in a certain space because you're just like, wow, is this really me? Am I? Like I think you know I think about I don't know if you do too. I think about the things I turned down now. That before wouldn't have been even a question. But like sometimes I'm just like, am I really turning this down? I'm like, yeah, I'm really turning this down. Yo, 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 are you me? And am I you? Like, why? We need to Man, have like a at, like after hour session. I'm saying I just turned down something the other day, and I had to hit up uh, somebody on my team. Like, yo, <laughs> two years ago I would have cut my left areola. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For this deal. Right. And I got the kahunas to be like, nah, nah I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> like, who I think I am? And it's like, it's like things that you can't tell your mama that. Your mama, no. mama was Ooh. like, you told her mm-hmm. how much? Right. What was it for? Me, I will do it. No, mm. no, give it, they have them to tell me that I will do it. Like, I was like, like, but it's so crazy because like, again, this is not something they teach you, but like, you have to think about everything. Like, is it my brand? Does it fit with a larger picture? Like, you know, with our goal, like, okay. You know, do we like everybody who likes us back, or do we, you know, wait a little bit longer and perhaps there'll be another opportunity? Well, how much in that do you think about you personally? Because as you mentioned, you've been working all day. Like, I still have two or other things to do after this, right? So, like, how much do you actually take time for your own maintenance? Because I find that that's so problematic for me right now. I, like, my, I have uh, my angel, Angel Douglas Russell, who is my, uh, my brand manager and my best friend and so many other things in one. She legitimately will look at my schedule and be like, so you're not doing anything that day. And uh, we're blocking it out. Do you, what do you need a massage? What do you need? And I'll be like, yes, <laughs> yes. Because, you know, for, for, you know, you're trying to do everything and please everyone. You know your time is limited. You're like, oh, we're about to start shooting season three. I won't have time. Okay, let me meet with this person now because like, if I don't meet with them now, it's not going to be till July and it's crazy. And, and you realize, like, everything is not urgent. Mm. They're so like that's what I'm learning now. Like everyone makes like a lot of things very now necessary, and when you look at it, you're like, Maybe "Can not. this wait?" Yeah, and they're like, "Oh yeah." So then, why you present it as like we got to do this now, or like we'll <laughs> never do it? And and if you don't know anybody, you're like, "Oh, they got to do this now." But like when you're like, "Hey, is it alright if we push this till like two weeks from now?" Oh yeah, sure. 
Really but so. but like you just hit on it a moment ago with a word when you said that there is some alternate part of you that is operating off of fear. Like thinking, oh, if I turn this down now, it's not going to be there tomorrow. If it's yours, it don't spoil. What's for you is for you, right? Like if it is if it is God's will for you, it will not spoil. It will come back around. It will there will be another season. Like mm-hmm. you know it's gonna snow in Minneapolis every January. You know what I'm saying? You can be in July and you're like, it's really sunny. Does it or does it snow here? Give it a couple give it a couple of months. You know, like you're like, it's in June. Give it a couple of months. And sure enough, it snows in Minneapolis like it did at the, that that go Super Bowl. Yeah. It was like negative 13. I was like, I got to get out of here. This <laughs> right. is not the will of Jesus for my life. <laughs> but, you know, but if you if we understand seasons as we look at it, well, we got to understand that in our lives. Like, sometimes something better will come along. You know, yeah, like, it may come back even better than it did the first time. Yeah, I mean, we just had Valentine's Day. And you, while I didn't have, you know, a Valentine, per se, <laughs> you know what I mean? I could have easily accepted, like, dinner from somebody that I wasn't interested in. But, like, that's just a quick fix. But knowing that February 14th will come around again. Right. And in a way that you really want February 14th to, to come be around significant again. and mean. You see what I mean? See? Oh, I'm picking up what you put down. Ooh, I'm picking up man, what you put down. I, I hope I hope y'all are picking up what we put down because we done drop <laughs> we done drop so many crumbs, so many Girl, nuggets. You done snatched my edges, fixed my life. You done did all of that. I don't even know how they're gonna like place the like <laughs> Me order of <laughs> we talked about Wakanda, the President Obama's beard, the the pictures, success. I like I don't even know what the like general topic of this. This was just a conversation Definitely. with Miss Hill. I'm on two about to be best friends. <laughs> <laughs> about to be, we go together. Oh yeah, we do. What size Gucci? What size shoes you wear, Gucci? Uh, so these are eight. I can't eight men's. <laughs> no. I was about to snatch up. You were like, yo, okay. I'm a grown woman's 10, so I can't do nothing with those. Gotcha. Just, but God bless you in your size. If you think the kind of person I don't like, you go, <laughs> I really don't like, we used to be, we were about to be friends. You were but right, now, but we, now it's, it's not, not going to work out. Now you broke up with me? Because you go to size eights, you got everything. Size tens, I'm like, yo, are these the leftovers? Where are these made in? <laughs> My mother wears a tear. She often tells me about that larger foot struggle. Uh, like, so, with these, the, oh, look, your Kendricks are good. But so. these are eight and a half men's. Mm. I had to go men's. You had to these. cheat the game. I but, got I, you. but I appreciate Nike for sending me these. <laughs> See, look at that, that plug. I appreciate mm-hmm. you, Nike. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm available in eight and a half on everything. <laughs> so, Gucci. Yo, Gucci. Hook your yo, girl Gucci. up. Yeah, Gucci. But, yo, we got to go. But I just want to say thank you for blessing us with your time and your wisdom and your presence because, I, I like, I think there's there are a couple young ladies and a couple young men who are listening to this. Like, yo, I'm going I'm to I'm listen to her. I'm going to follow her on Twitter. I'm going I'm to watch what she does a lot more because I like what she represents and I like what she stands for, and I love the fact that you're a servant. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. This was really a blessing. I told uh, Roz, um, and I'll say the same to you, is like this was really a priority for me because I love you guys' podcast. And, um, you know, as I said, I'm here to amplify and edify. And just plus, you know, with our busy lives, we don't often get to talk to other people who may not be directly in our industry yeah. but still understand the dynamics of everything we're going to as you make that climb. I love it. Yo, so. Jamel, you're welcome here anytime you want. Like, right, I'm going to fall through. Come, like, just like legitimately just knock, come and knock on our door. <laughs> We've been waiting for you. Seriously? I don't know if we have clearance for any of these songs that I have sang. It's a podcast. It don't count. Come and knock on our door. Three's company. Well, y'all, we appreciate you for listening. It's another episode of Mom Girl Magic. Magic, magic, magic.
<clears throat> magic. Fogger Magic with Jamel Hill, your special guest, signing off for Roscoe on Wude, who is like living her best life right now in these uh, NBA All Star screets. And I'm your girl, Yvonne Orji, about to step into the world of Wakanda for a second time. Uh, by the time you listen to this, I would have seen it three times. So God bless you guys. Have a great day and have an amazing week. Deuces. 